Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So the great L word for luggage. I like the way you compare one thing with another, Joshua. Please go on. Oh, well, I was just going to say, you know, it's, it's, I've heard those narratives. I've also heard about you know, spending multiple years as um, the, the top cover on a bed. <laughs> and it's just like, that sounds, that sounds like I, I, I know that I would not come back from that experience intact. <laughs> like, I would mm. come back from that absolutely fried. Um, so, yeah. But it plays into this idea, you know, the, the duration of those experiences certainly speaks, I think, to a consistency that you see across all these different encounters, which is time dilation, contraction, missing time, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it doesn't get discussed as much uh, beyond, you know, the ufo trope of missing time but uh it's something that was you know a hallmark of fairy folklore of course you know you'd spend a a night with the fairies and you'd return and find that generations had passed since you were there but you also find allusions to it in the near-death experience testimony of survivors um typically in those scenarios they experience more time while dead than they experienced in our reality but you do you know you see a time discrepancy there you'll find it in uh Psychedelic trips, as I alluded to, it, it certainly seems to happen in dreams. I can't tell you the number of times I've dozed off and thought that I was dreaming for a long time, and I wake up and it's the same scene, or or I doze off and think it's only a moment and wake up and the credits are rolling. But uh, I've collected some interesting examples of that even in some of the ghost literature or some of the ghost stories. I um, It's not even literature because it was shared to me directly. There was a paranormal investigator whom I spoke with out of Charlotte, North Carolina, who was investigating a allegedly haunted gas station. And they said that it was a very dull night. Um, nothing at all happened the entire night that was out of the ordinary, with the exception of when they got home. And uh, they had made it a point. They were very fastidious about putting new batteries into all of their equipment. And then when they got home, they discovered that all the batteries in their equipment were corroded, as if they... Mm been in there for years and that there's not a mechanism or you know there's not a a factor that i'm aware of that could make that happen over the course of several hours and in, in one night except for you know just the passage of time and then you know in the in the ufo um in ufo stories uh we have this trope of missing time where you know people think that only a couple of minutes have passed and hours have passed and that's been something of a contentious issue you know i know that uh jerome clark uh, made it a point to say oh well you know valet wants to compare that to the missing time scene in fairyland but it seems as if this is just pure amnesia in the ufo literature and and, and you know i i'm sympathetic to that in some in some cases it seems like that's what's going on and we even have allusions to you know the ufo occupants administering some sort of technique or some sort of substance that facilitates amnesia but we do have stories where there does seem to be a real time discrepancy involved you know where where it actually is a, a time anomaly in these encounters um there's a couple three that i think of right off the top of my head and i only remember the name of one experiencer but i these these are pulled from the literature um the first of which was a a truant young man who was 
not at school and he'd slipped into the woods and he encountered some little gnome like people and next to their craft. And, uh, he is approached moments later by the schoolmaster who's telling him that, you know, they've been searching for him for hours and it's now dark, even though only a few minutes have passed. And interestingly enough, the boy's watch had not shown that it was hours later, but only minutes later as well. So to me, that sort of suggests that there's an actual temporal distortion going on there. There's another case. I believe the gentleman's name is Jerry, was Jerry Armstrong, although I might be I might have that wrong because I'm doing this off the top of my head. But um, he was also a recurring experiencer, and in one of his first encounters, um, he was uh, again <laughs> skipping school, and he was smoking. Um, and he was uh, he was smoking a cigarette, and all of a sudden, everything around him goes dark, like as if it you know hours have passed in the blink of an eye. Yet his cigarette is still smoking. So again, that suggests that there's something time related going on there. And then you know we're always talking about missing time, but there's an example of found time or gained time, I guess. The one that I always cite is uh, the experience of Ray Hernandez, who, you know, led the uh, the free study in terms of looking at the experiences of people who have uh, had these different contact modalities. And uh, Ray tells a story about being uh, stuck in stop-and-go traffic in Miami and having this vision of a, a wheel with all these different spokes of contact coming out from it and him being at the center of this wheel. And in this, you know, ecstatic vision, for lack of a better term, he feels like 15 minutes passed. But, you know, um, stop-and-go traffic is slow, but it's not necessarily slow enough to just sort of, you know, lose your sense of where you are for 15 minutes. So there seems to be sort of a an instance of gained time in that case. So again, as we were discussing earlier about there being multiple explanations for things, I think that um, in some cases this is indeed amnesia. And in other cases, it actually is time behaving differently in the presence of these, uh, in the presence of these intelligences. Yeah. Gained time is something that you don't hear as often as the, the missing time. Uh, I worked on a case of a, a couple of women in Ohio who were uh, coming, going home after a day of shopping and uh, uh, had, uh, had a UFO fly overhead. And uh, they experienced like a brief moment of the Oz effect uh, where everything went silent around them and then it flew away. Well, when they got home, they got home about a half hour earlier than they should have. Hmm. That is that is fascinating. I mean, yeah, I've I've only run into a handful of those, so I would I would love to touch base with you at some point um, if you if you can recall where you heard that um, oh, and, sure. and add add it to my own um, list of references because I, I I think that those are interesting as well. Um, yeah, it, it's something that you do see. I mean, obviously, that's kind of what's going on in the lion's share of near-death experiences where people think that they're gone for hours or days while dead and they're only gone, you know, they're only clinically dead for 10 or 15 minutes. Um, and you do see some variations on that in some, in some fairy stories as well. So interesting, very interesting. But the question I would ask here, which is kind of obvious is the perception of different time. Is that your imagination at work or something else? It's like, you know, the missing time phenomenon. I remember there was, one episode of Stargate SG-1, they might have actually had a couple of episodes on it, where externally time is moving at a different rate than internally in a spacecraft. And they're being fired upon, and the blast is just about to hit them when they pull this time shtick. 
until they figure a way to get out of the way in the meantime. And it's kind of involved. It was the last episode of the show, so I won't give you the spoiler. Okay? <laughs> no, I think that's a that's a really good point, though, Gene. I think that that also needs to be taken into consideration. At one point, I considered writing, you know, the definitive guide to missing time. But um, I have a friend who works at JPL, and I was trying to get them to explain to me time dilation when traveling at light speed, and um. I couldn't get the terms, you know, dilation and contraction straight, so I kind of abandoned that project. And time stuff makes my head hurt, you know. I mean, that's that's the biggest missing piece in uh, ecology of souls, in particular, is that um, I'm convinced that time does play a role in these experiences. I just am not uh, intellectually equipped to tackle it. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's um, a good example of that. Is um. Uh, Dr. Mike Masters, who's been talking about the possibility of UFO occupants being us visiting from the future. And, you know, I, I, I had the good uh, good fortune of speaking and, and uh, hanging out with uh, Dr. Masters for a while this past December. And uh, it's interesting because uh, you'd think that his interpretation of the phenomenon as people from the future and my interpretation of, of the phenomenon as um you know, having something to do with the dead and ancestors and all that sort of thing. You'd think that those would be diametrically opposed, but I think that they're really kind of the same the same uh, interpretation. It's um, just a matter of where on the timeline you're viewing the phenomenon, you know. Before we go on, I should mention we had Dr. Michael P. Masters on the Paracast January 24th, 2021, and I really hope that will work to get him back on the show because so many questions and so much more has come up about time possibilities and so much in pop culture, time travel. Uh, so whether it happens with a side effect or none, hmm. We've got Tim, we've got Joshua, and I'm Gene. You're in The Pedicast. <laughs> Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers 
customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. Dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or injured at work, you have rights, and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good, they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-524-3810-800-524-3810-800-524-3810. That's 800-524-3810. Are you a business owner? Are you confused by the complexity of the tax laws? We can help. I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been helping business owners solve tax problems for over 40 years. My book, The Small Business Tax Guide, shows proven ways to avoid all the common business tax problems. Don't risk your business. Go to danpilla.com to order your copy. That's danpilla.com. Order now and get a free 15-minute call directly with me, a $99 value. Go to danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, continuing our discussion, you mentioned the work, Joshua, of Dr. Michael Masters. Now, one thing he says, which is interesting because it's common cultural meme with time travel. You go to the past, you change something, everything gets messed up. A TV show called Legends of Tomorrow, they have this device called the Wave Rider, a spaceship and time machine, like a large TARDIS for Doctor Who fans. And almost every time they went back through time to fix something, the fix may have taken, but there were always unintended consequences. The same thing happened with Back to the Future. Remember where McFly goes back to the past Mm -hmm. and convinces his parents to meet because his mother finds him attractive, kind of weird. So he makes his father-to-be tougher. And so they get together, and when he gets back to the present time, his parents 
are much different because of that change in his personality. And that's, you know, one of the, the memes that we deal with. But Dr. Master says, no, no, won't happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that he has that position. Um, and again, since time breaks my brain, I, <laughs> I don't feel qualified to rebut that, that opinion. I will say, uh, Gene, you'll probably uh, get a kick out of this. Um, there was a film that was released last year called Aporia. A-P-O-R-I-A, and it tackles some of those issues in a really interesting way um, with a device that doesn't really, it doesn't uh, facilitate time travel, but it does allow for interference with the timeline. And uh, the way that they handle those changes and the sort of ripple effect I thought was really interesting and and the novel way of exploring how consciousness interfaces with the possibility of dealing with two separate timelines so uh check it out i think it's still last time i checked it was free so yeah check it out i'll have to look for that one that's uh that's that sounds right up my alley (laughs) i don't know if you'd necessarily call it an art film but it definitely has that feel and it's definitely that budget like there's no (laughs) no real special effect per se um but it's all about the implications of of changing the timeline and uh the unexpected uh, repercussions from doing that yeah I remember, for example, the movie Somewhere in Time, which Christopher Reeve and Jane Seymour did. Now, Christopher Reeve, I think, was trying to show he's not just Superman because it came out not long thereafter. And he kind of wills himself to go back through time. But then in his pocket is a modern penny. Am I right, Tim? It was a penny that destroys the illusion. And he goes back to the present. But therefore, time being a state of mind. You want to go back to 1890 to find the girl of your dreams? Fine. Just meditate and you'll get there. And that's something that people claim the ability to do. I mean, you know, they claim the ability to to be able to travel through time with just their mind. You know, I am psychically dead as a doornail, so I don't think that I'll ever be able to attain those heights. But, uh, you know, more power to those who can, I suppose. Well, it's better than me, they'll say psycho, as opposed to psychic. Although I've seen a couple of times where strange things happen to be serious about it. I'm just playing with puns. I've seen a couple of things. But one of the things that they have now is there's a company in California, will not mention the name, you know what it is, advertising widely on radio and TV that they'll give you psychic readings. I mean, I could think the psychics working for that company are making more than some lawyers do to just give readings. <laughs> and they guarantee if you don't think your life has been completely changed by this psychic reading or psycho reading, whatever you want to say, they will give you your money back. Sure, right. Now, Tim, you wrote to them, didn't you, about getting them on the show to do a reading and... I don't think they have the guts. I wrote them also. Yeah, they no, rather, I, didn't, I didn't get a reply. I got one of those replies you get when you contact the support department where you get this response, someone will answer and nobody answered. Because if you look at the fine print, this is entertainment. They're not really predicting the future. If you like it and you want to spend $5 a minute or whatever it is, depending on the abilities of the quote-unquote psychic, fine. But the problem I have here is I don't doubt those things happen, but I've never, ever, ever 
been able to get a psychic to come on this show and show me they can do something that's more than a little bit of extra guesswork. They've come close, but hasn't worked. Yeah, and you know, I think that's really, I mean, that's one of the most interesting things about the whole psychic claim, right? I mean, it, sh- it seems like it should be more easily authenticated than it is. And the only person who I think has really sort of made me headway in, uh, well, that's not the only person, that's not fair. The person who opened my mind up to why that possibly is the case, that psychics don't always perform on demand, is, uh, again, George Hansen and his work, The Trickster and the Paranormal. Um, these phenomena don't seem to behave well under laboratory conditions. Um, the fact that folks like Dean Radin and Daryl Bim have accomplished as much as they have under laboratory conditions with psi phenomena, I think, is is to be you know applauded. But um, there does seem to be something about these these uh, psychic abilities manifesting most accurately and profoundly during times of extreme distress, and obviously you run into ethical problems with that. You know, it's the same reason that we don't have. It's the same reason that it's difficult to structure near-death experience studies, right? Because there are ethical considerations that you can't, you know, bring someone to the verge of death just to study what happens to them. Um, but you know, I, I think uh, there there are you know some indications that uh, this stuff doesn't just doesn't want to cooperate. You know, another good example of that is someone like Yuri Geller. Um, I know that he's gotten a lot of grief for posting some especially um, unbelievable UFO and alien photos lately. But um, I do, I do believe that there's a genuine aspect of um, psychic talent going on there. Um, but again, it, it, it's this part of the part of the conversation that we had at the start of the show about hoaxing and the role that that plays. I mean, uh, you know, the famous example was uh, Yuri failing to bend spoons on late night TV, and uh, I think that that was probably a function of being able to do this sort of thing on demand. These things don't really respond to to being on demand. Greg Bishop has a shirt that uh, has a UFO and a Bigfoot and in you know the psi symbol for psi phenomena, and it says repeatable but not on demand. <laughs> so <laughs> I think there's an aspect of that, and you know my good friend Soraya Azkaf often says that, um, you know, the fact that he faked a spoon-bending on late-night TV um, and then declaring all spoon-bending incorrect is, or not incorrect, but declared all spoon-bending a fraud is similar to saying, oh, well, they fake punches in television and in movies, so punches aren't a real thing. (laughs) You know, it's like, well, there's a time and a place for these things, and they can be faked, but they also seem to be real at some point, and I don't know. It, it starts to sound a lot like apologetics, and, I, and I, I'm completely aware of that. But uh, at the same time, um, th- yeah, so go ahead. Well, one of the things I want to talk about is an experience I had or was told about involving a former girlfriend, which I will on the other side. Joshua Kutch and Gene Steinberg. Tim Swartz are in. The Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. 
And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. USA News Update. Michigan's up, and uh, we're going to have a tremendous success there. And then we have a thing called Super Tuesday, and uh, I think we're leading 91 to 7. Donald Trump wins the Republican South Carolina primary, and despite her loss in her home state, Nikki Haley says she's staying in the race. Next stop, Michigan, the primary there on Tuesday. In the next 10 days, another 21 states and territories will speak. They have the right to a real choice. President Biden and First Lady Jill, along with Vice President Kamala Harris and her husband, hosting a black tie dinner at the White House Saturday night for the nation's governors. Here's to possibilities. Possibilities because they're so, I have never been more optimistic in my life about the prospects, what we can do if we just work together. There's nothing beyond our capacity. And I'm Laura Winters, USA News. It's easy to see. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines. Instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families, we all know something big is coming. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming more self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, and they make it easy for you to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure some emergency food kits. There's a dozen to choose from that contain tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. My Patriot Supply also sells large solar generators, gravity-powered water filtration systems, heirloom seeds for your garden, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items will ship that same day. Time is short. Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayley Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. 
So her name is Sally. Don't know if she's still around or not. I assume she is. And she was a former actress. And we dated for a short period of time. And she told me the story that she saw Uri Geller on television doing his spoon bending trick. And she came from a fairly well-to-do family outside of Philadelphia. And she noticed that the utensil she had in her hand bent when Geller's utensil bent on the air. Now, it's not something that you could bend easily. I suppose you could bend the spoon or fork or whatever it was. You could bend it if you try hard enough, but that's watching a TV show. How did that occur? Whether or not Geller was faking it. Of course, when someone like the late James Randi was able to do it, say, see, this is how they do it. Yeah, maybe he's telling the truth there, but it could be done, it could be real, and the fact that you can fake it doesn't mean it's not real. The fact is you can provide a very compelling image of spaceships taking off from planet Earth based on the current designs. It doesn't mean that SpaceX isn't doing its thing. Yeah, I think that there's there's definitely something to that. At the, at the same time, you know, with the rise of AI and everything, I I long ago moved past the assumption that we would ever obtain some sort of photographic proof or honestly proof of any of these things. Um, you know, I think that it's really a fool's errand now to hope for some sort of smoking gun in the form of footage or, or photographic evidence, because already, and we're only in the earliest days of this already, the amount of AI images and AI video that's flooding the internet um, is just going to make it impossible to, to separate these things. So, I, I, it's kind of funny because I talk to friends who aren't involved in uh, the paranormal or the supernatural, and they'll excitedly talk to me about a picture that they saw or some footage that they watched, and I'm, they're surprised when I'm completely disinterested in it. <laughs> but that's just where I've landed. Um, you know, I, I don't think that these things um, take kindly to being photographed, and even if they did at this point, um, there's so much noise that the signal will I don't think will ever get back through. It's going to take someone landing on the White House lawn. Something landing on the White House lawn, you know, or a Bigfoot body. And even then, you know, I've, I've said this on numerous occasions. I was at uh, a conference back in August, and I said to everyone, I said, I want you to imagine that aliens are real, and I want you to imagine that the person that you didn't vote for in the last election is now president, and they're telling you that UFOs are real. Do you believe them? Like, I think that we're we're beyond the point where we're going to reach a consensus from any authority figures on telling us, you know, that these things are authentic and real and genuine because no one trusts anybody nowadays in positions of power. Uh, our institutions just don't have that same sort of uh, authority to speak from anymore. Well, I'll give you one example, which we all know about. 70% of people in the Republican Party or who identify as Republicans do not believe that Joe Biden was elected president in 2020 because of claims of fraud. Now, the fraud has never been proven with, you know, over five dozen legal cases. Regardless of that, what it shows here is that if you believe the other guy wasn't elected legally. And some people think George W. Bush was elected by the Supreme Court, not because of the difference in votes in Florida. Whatever it is, you don't believe that guy's elected. And he gets on the White House. In the White House, he makes a presentation in the Oval Office that we're being visited by E.T. A segment of the population will 
disbelieve it. Even if he brings E.T. on the stage, oh, it's somebody in a costume, it's CGI, can't be. No, I mean, that's that's exactly what I'm getting at. I mean, it's, in any case, whoever is speaking, half of the country or half of the world, whatever side sympathizes with that particular figure, is going to believe it, and the other half is not. Like, And, and there was a time... When, you know, regardless of how we felt about people in power, we'd say, oh, okay, well, they're speaking from a position of authority. I guess, you know, that that is the truth. But we're so broken um, nowadays that I just don't see anybody taking a statement like that on face value anymore. I mean, <laughs> if I wanted to speculate, um, maybe that's why we, we're getting disclosure is because there's still this um, this heavy cloud of plausible deniability that hangs over all <laughs> official statements. <laughs> Or will, you know, as we move forward into the future with this current problem, or you know, that we have of not believing authority figures. Maybe that's the reason that now is the best time to uh, to talk about UFOs and to have disclosures, because it will never be, you know, a consensus amongst any population. They're not going. The no matter I, what happens, that, whatever happens, people are not going to believe it. Right. Right. Yeah, the whole disclosure movement. I mean, you know, these these are the people who are like, well, the government's been hiding UFO information from us for all these years, so we want them to uh, finally come clean and and tell us the truth. And saying that they would believe <laughs> the so-called truth that they're given to them after initially claiming that uh, they've been lied to all these years. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a healthy dose of cognitive dissonance there, and and I've I've historically been very cynical towards the disclosure movement for the exact reasons that you enumerated. Um, you know, we know that there's a history of of uh, <laughs> there's a storied back and forth between the intelligence establishment and ufology in terms of um, manipulation and and. Uh, and, you know, even if there wasn't manipulation, the, the truth has been hidden for so long, you know, oh, why are you telling us now about this? Um, I, I've, I've come around a bit, honestly, much to my surprise, on, on the current disclosure push because I think that for the longest time I was um, misinterpreting the goals of the disclosure movement. I was under the impression that it was to... Again, have someone come out there and say, you know, these are the Kleeborpians, and they come from, you know, Snarflax 5, and they drive a V4500 XP-class <laughs> Starfighter. You know, I, I was, wait I was a minute, wait a minute, it's Sparflax 6. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. That's, 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 I, I, should, I should feel ashamed. Um, but, the planet uh, was, was destroyed. The, the planet was destroyed by the Zipbums about six years ago. That sounds about right. So I was I was laboring under the misapprehension, I think, um, that the plan was for disclosure to be comprehensive and granular. And I no longer think that has been the goal. I think that the goal is to just cause a fracture in the facade of secrecy. Again, to sort of have us wind up at that point that I talked about at the beginning of our conversation where you've got the average person on the street saying, yep, something strange is going on. It seems like they've said that something strange is going on, but we still don't know exactly what it is. I think that might be the actual end goal for this current disclosure season. In which case, um, you know, I, I, I support those efforts. I'm not sure how successful they'll be. Um, and as usual, I think that a, a 
big grain of salt should be taken with anything that is disclosed. But um, I think that's an achievable goal, even if it's not a guaranteed goal. My problem, of course, is you keep hearing people who advocate for disclosure saying it's going to happen every second now. Going to happen. This is it. The new seriousness with which the U.S. government takes the subject, it's definite. It's a something that you could just take to the bank. Well, if I took it to the bank, the bank account would be even lower than it is now because it never seems to happen. <laughs> right. You know, you ask yeah, one of these people, and I'll mention Stephen Bassett. I like the guy. I think he's being sincere. He's not just trying to rip off people. This is his life's work. You know what? His predictions are just inevitably wrong. And sometimes, especially with the congressional interest in the subject, he will tout some really wacky members of the House, and I won't mention names, really wacky people, because it seems to show what he wants to show. It just never seems to happen. What does happen is we have another segment with Joshua, Gene, and Tim, and then Joshua will be back for the After the Paracast podcast. Check the Paracast.plus for more. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-430-1891-800-430-1891-800-430-1891-800-430-1891-800-430-1891-800-430-1891-800-430-1891. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are things many of us take for granted. But for many adults with disabilities who are elderly or have serious medical issues, dental care is simply unaffordable. 
Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to just see one of the many patients in need. You can literally change a life. When you volunteer with DLN's donated dental services program to see one, you treat a pre-qualified patient in your office at your convenience. We handle the details so you can focus on the care. Lack of dental care can lead to the inability to have life-saving surgery, eat or contribute to our community. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message. Will you see one? Visit willyouseeone.org to help change one life in your community today. Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatment, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. This is Jennifer Stein, executive producer of The Disclosure Dialogues. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we've predicted all sorts of things here, or just specified it, and let's see what's going on with disclosure, with investigation, the Bigfoot. Let's go back to Bigfoot again. More scientific interest, Joshua. Do you think we're ever going to have a real answer that that you can take to the bank? I think that if we are going to have a smoking gun for any of these phenomena, Bigfoot presents the best opportunity. That doesn't mean that I'm optimistic about that, but it does mean that, you know, I said in Where the Footprints End that I co-authored with Timothy Renner, I said all other paranormal phenomena have Bigfoot envy when it comes to evidence, right? Uh, Because the most compelling evidence for any of the paranormal stuff, if you want to use that term broadly, I think comes from the Bigfoot field, with the exception of something like psi phenomena, which I already alluded to earlier, and and near-death experiences are also quite compelling. But if we're talking about things like UFOs and ghosts and Bigfoot, I think Bigfoot offers the most potential for that, because you do have this massive amount of physical evidence that can be studied and can be um, scrutinized. You know, and not only that, but some of the physical evidence clearly demonstrates aspects of primate anatomy, things like you know dermal ridges on the finger on the fingers and toes, and um, evidence of mid tarsal breaks, which is a special um, configuration in the foot of certain primates that humans lack. These are all really compelling things. We have DNA samples, we have uh, hair samples, we have scat. You know, <laughs> we've got all this great stuff, but um, I'm just not convinced that there is a population of large hairy hominids anywhere and of course you know the 
large hairy hominids are a worldwide phenomenon, but just focusing on, on North America, I'm not convinced that there's a population of large hairy hominids in North America because I do resonate with those skeptical counter-arguments. You know? I know that we don't often find bear carcasses and cougar carcasses, but we have at some point in human history. And to that extent, we should have a some sort of evidence in the form of skeletons or bodies and whatnot, and we just don't. So at the same time, you know, as, as I alluded to earlier, I, I, I listen to experiencers, and I've talked to far too many people who are very earnest witnesses, by my assessment, who have seen something strange. So how do I square these two things? The lack of the lack of irrefutable evidence, there's an abundance of evidence, but the lack of irrefutable evidence, and the fact that this thing seems to have some sort of physical component, and the fact that there are these very earnest people who have seem to have seen something um, resembling Bigfoot. How do, I, how do I reconcile these things? And that's why, much to my own personal chagrin, I sort of ended up landing on this possibility that Bigfoot is somehow more than we've been led to believe by, you know, decades of cryptozoologists. And I don't really like it. You know, my inner eight-year-old <laughs> that that grew up reading, um, you know, all these old Bigfoot books uh, wants Bigfoot to be something that we could possibly obtain a specimen of someday. But I just don't see it happening because it's been so elusive. So I think that it's possible that um, there is a population of hairy hominids and that sometimes just as uh, with other animals, whatever lies behind the UFO phenomenon and other true anomalies, I think that sometimes it can adopt the face of animals and other mundane things. So maybe there is a small population of Bigfoot that uh, sometimes serve that function that the phenomenon adopts to appear as. But I really do think that uh, we're dealing with something that walks that line that we talked about in the beginning of our conversation, that line between the physical and the non-physical, that line between you know, <laughs> reality and story. I think that maybe it does that. It, it's, it does function in that respect, similar to the way that ghosts function, leaving footprints behind and in its rarest instances appearing as a full-bodied apparition of a Bigfoot, but will never be something that you can put behind bars in a zoo. You're implying here that the image of Bigfoot is generated by something else, some other phenomenon, well, which could be the same thing with UFOs. Right. I mean, I, I think that a, a good analogy for this is Mike Clellan's work with owls. You know, Mike acknowledges, <laughs> rightfully so, that there are owls that are flesh and blood owls that you could shoot out of the sky and that do all the things that we would expect from a bird. But at the same time, something about the UFO phenomenon appropriates the image of the owl for its own uh, purposes. And I think that something similar might be happening with a large, undiscovered, hairy hominid in North American forests. That's something that I'm willing to entertain as a possibility. If you really um, put it to me as an ultimatum, I think that the entirety of the phenomenon is paranormal slash supernatural. But, you know, I'm, I'm certainly willing to evaluate that or reevaluate that, I guess I should say. Part of the problem I see in figuring out what is going on is the fact that human perception can be very, very inaccurate, especially if they see something or hear something of short duration and don't have enough time to focus on it. If you talk to 10 different people seeing something, you might get 10 different versions of what happened. So we have the anecdotal evidence, which can be imprecise, to be very generous about it. And that makes it very difficult to investigate most of these cases. I mean, if a lot of people would see weird stuff, well, there's weird stuff going on. 
but figuring out what it is requires more than just what you saw. Yeah, and, and, and that's something that we should all be aware of is the fact that the human mind does not function like a a camera. You know, it, it's something that is certainly susceptible to a lot of other stimuli and also, you know, rewrites itself. We rewrite our memories um, more than we think. So, yeah, that's something that should always be considered and taken into consideration when, when evaluating this. Well, since we were talking about disclosure before, which I don't think will ever happen, at least in my lifetime, maybe in your lifetime or Tim's, but are we ever going to walk away at some point in time and say, okay, we've got the Bigfoot thing figured out now. We've nailed down ghosts. We know what UFOs are. We can just wrap that up and go on to the next great thing. Yeah, I just don't know. You know, I, I, I think that these things by their very nature are to be mysteries. You know, that's, that's why I would be very happy to get some concrete answers on something like the UFO phenomenon. But at the same time, there is a part of me that thinks that the UFO becomes something else once you identify it. And I mean, you know, to be quite literal, it does, right? <laughs> you take out the unidentified. Um, but, but I think that, you know, from this sort of, a little fancy um, from this mythopoetic standpoint, from what the UFO represents as sort of a clearinghouse for all of our belief and speculation and archetypes and mythology. I think once you pin that down, it becomes something different. And I think that to not have that in our discussion, in our culture, in our lives, to not have that question mark looming over everything makes us a bit poorer to not have that sort of repository of wonder. And uh, at the same time, I think that I really sincerely do think that the UFO, like so many of these other phenomena, is it's slippery. The analogy that I, that I like to use is it's a bit like if you've ever tried to pick up a watermelon seed and you put too much pressure on it, um, it flies across the room, never to be seen again. Yeah. We're going to see Joshua Cutchin again, but right now he has to leave us, so return for the After the Paracast podcast. But now, Joshua, tell us where we can find more of the stuff you do. You can find me online at joshuacutchin.com. That's J-O-S-H-U-A-C-U-T-C-H-I-N.com. I try to keep everyone there um, up to date on things that I'm doing, including opportunities like this class on near-death experiences that I'm teaching starting March 23rd. That's through the Cosmos Institute. That's Cosmos with a K, cosmosinstitute.org. It's going to be a lot of fun. As I said, nine classes over the course of... Uh, the unit, and um, it, we're going to have some guests. Uh, some guests come in for Q and As. We're having a lot of people come in, and I'm really looking forward to it. We're looking forward to having you check us out on Twitter or X or Z. It's going to be called Z. I'll predict that. Or Threads or on Facebook. Look at the Paracast. Go visit the Paracast dot shop. The Paracast dot shop for branded merchandise for our listeners. Check out the Paracast dot plus. To check out our streaming service where we give you the show free for network ads, better audio, and the exclusive bonus after the Paracast podcast, where Joshua will be back. Go to the Paracast.plus for the lowest rates ever. Joshua Cutchin, so much more to talk about. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. 
Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com, or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com.